Welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, a show hosted by LeZero, the man of a thousand rants, as well as Relentless, who has the spiciest takes, and Wabbit, the fan favorite. This show details the latest news in the Rocket League scene, esports results, and tips and tricks on how to get better at the game, while sometimes they'll just take a random topic and see where it takes them. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the show, uh, ASAP Weekly Podcast. You know, Shogun did a better intro than me, so I can't really do anything anymore, you know what I mean? I, I no longer ca- have the intro capacities, but I'm joined by Relentless and Wabs. What's going on, you, you two? Oh, back to being before Wabs in the intro. Oh my god, it feels nice. You know what? I'll sneak it here every so often. That's all I need. Every so often, I mean, it's going to slip up. The real winner is going to come out. You think I slip up? You think anything isn't calculated, Wabs? I like to pretend. No, it's not. I don't think that Lazero thinks about what he's saying four words in front of when he says it. That's how he ends up on so many tangents that start with a wheeze because all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I can go this direction now." Like he just goes <laughs> off. It's like when you play Mario Kart for the first time, like the new Mario Kart for the first time, and you find one of those secret roads or something like that, or one of those different paths that isn't directly laid out in front of you. And all of a sudden, Lazero sees one of those like six or seven times in a show, and he's like, "I'm gonna go this direction and see what happens." And that's how we end up off the rails half the time. Wow, I feel like I've been exposed here. If it's- you want a real exposure, exposing, really started this off and was like, "Hey." You don't think four four words ahead. You definitely don't think any words out. You might think of the actual word you're thinking of, but that's it. At best. I was trying that's to give him credit. Exposure. I don't know how I feel about this, Fabs. I'm going to be honest here. The credit's not I, due. Don't give him credit. Are you, are you giving me credit? <laughs> See, the I do funny thing is... I, I do want to mention that none of his podcast notes are pretty much more than like four words. So he doesn't think more than four <laughs> words ahead. So pretty much every note he's given... C2 gameplay. That's two words. Casting 72 PC. Three words. Like, really, he's he's very limited on how far ahead he can go. And I think we're learning something right now. Like, all of us together are learning a little bit about Lazero. I mean, I... Wow. I mean, I saw so many threads, so many so many sideways Mario Kart, uh, you know, routes to take. And and you, both of you took all of them for me. You know, you guys are just like, this is it. This He's been exposed. Uh, he just... It's not that, you know, everyone thinks, everyone always, like, assumes, you know, manipulation or calculation. Nah, it's just like in Rocket League where I happen to be in the right spot at the right time and I put that calculated in. But everybody knows that I just whiffed completely and then happened to still be in the air when the ball hit me. The only Um, road that Lazero always somehow seems to find, regardless of where he's at in the race, is the StarCraft road. He's always going to find his way back to the StarCraft road. That's the only one he's looking for. (laughs) <laughs> honestly you, you two you two have definitely not been listening to the age of empires podcast because on this this podcast listen i you you guys brought it up here okay i feel like i've done a pretty good job in all 116 previous episodes i don't even think we're one fourth that starcraft hasn't mentioned okay uh is, is that the case who knows but in the age of empires episode i'm like i wonder what the age of empires community thinks of me because i will bring that game up um but you know, let's let's talk about the game that is at hand, the game that all of us have been playing. Uh, and that's that's Rocket League. Um, I guess the first thing that, you know, maybe we want to throw into Wabbit's face. In my face. Uh, is that, you know, Relentless is officially an RLCSX mm. caster. Mm-hmm. How does that feel, Relentless? Uh, it feels 
good. It was, and this is going to take us um, very we can, quickly. We can do this now if you want. Yeah, yeah. The Relentless Corner is going to start early, and then we'll swing back <laughs> way around to announcements. Um, I feel like the Relentless Corner has expanded week by week, and it's it's slowly um, seeping into every the whole segment. show is the Relentless Corner. The whole game is the Relentless Corner. So we know how There's I feel about one corners, person on this so. podcast that plans. We'll, the we'll only let me figure out what that is. <laughs> not, not only plans, has planned well and far ahead. I mean, it's been yeah, months yeah. of the making, and here he is. Um, but no, it was it was a lot of fun. Pretty much found out like the day before we recorded the podcast last week, I found out. So Monday I found out, and Thursday I was casting. So it was really cool that uh, uh, all that kind of lined up. Um, I pretty much created like if you ever if you go back to watch the VOD or anything, it's on the 72 PC Twitch channel and stuff. Um, I I created everything on that aside from uh, pretty much the overlay for in-game scorekeeping. That's about the only thing I didn't make for that. So I made all the all the different scenes for it, made the transitions, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Relentless. Um, when you told me that 72 PC didn't have anything in place. And then I looked at the broadcast. I'm like, wow, if Relentless didn't put in work, like this would look amateurish. But I, I have to give it to you, Relentless. I know, I know I hate to do this, but I have to give it to you. I feel like you did a great job with all those uh, transition scenes. I appreciate it. Yeah, I made... I, the, the transition was actually the easiest part of everything else <laughs> I was making. Like the actual transition, because once you kind of have an idea of... I have only one way I know how to make a transition and I'll make everything a variation of that. And it works out generally pretty well. Um, and with 72 PCs logos and kind of what I had in mind for it, it just ended up lining up really easy. The transition only took me about 25 minutes to make. So it really wasn't a big deal for the specific transition part of it. The parts that were longer was creating different scenes, creating um, through photo, through Photoshop and stuff, different type of things that would highlight what they were trying to have as far as their broadcast because i was making stuff and then i was submitting it to kind of the admin and manager for 72 pc say hey how do you think of this you know any adjustments and stuff you think of making and i would make that and so that stuff took hours and hours of you know kind of figuring out as i go and making adjustments based on what they liked and that kind of stuff so the actual creating part of it although a lot of fun was work uh the starting soon screen um took me about an hour and a half to create and another two and a half hours to render uh, for a nine minute starting soon screen. Um, so this is where like, I feel for all those content creators that do video editing and stuff and they do hours and hours of editing for like a seven minute video. Um, it's definitely a, uh, definitely a cool experience and stuff like that. I get to play with after effects and Photoshop and teach myself things as I go. So that was a lot of fun, but the next one should be a little bit more polished. Cause this was something we threw together in like two days. Um, when and they, are, are you staying on? Like, how does that work? How does that, uh, as long as I'm available, more? like I have a schedule generally and I'll kind of, let's see, I'll pull that up and, and get it figured out. Um, the schedule that I kind of have set for them because of the days that I would be casting would be we just had march 18th uh the next one would be april 8th for the second regional um mm -hmm. and the last one would be april 22nd but i probably won't be there for the april 22nd one i'll probably be away from home so i won't be able to um do that one but april 8th as long as they make it into whatever they need to make it into then i'll be there to cast that and the way that i guess they're doing doing these setups and stuff for it is 
you have day zero that ends up landing on a Thursday. Um, and that's where they have all the most of the group stages. And that's where all the teams stream their own games through those group stages. And then um, they have the second half of the group stages the following day. Mm-hmm. And that ends up being on the main Rocket League A or B stream. So pretty much all the teams solo um, solo casted their own their own stages and stuff like that. Day ones, yeah. Uh, all the day zeros, even like I think that's they're yeah, referring yeah. to it as day zero. So um, day one is the following day where it's actually on. Um, yeah, Championship Sunday can't be day four. You know that's just a cardinal sin. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> um. So no, it was, it was a lot of fun. I have officially been in the same lobby as Turbo Pulsa, so we're kind of like the same person. Cruncho, uh, Cruncho actually commented because you know you know Cruncho, he's so out of the loop. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure he was watching the Envy stream or what have you. He's like relentless. Why are you in the lobby? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, Cruncho. Oh boy. Um, uh, another thing I actually wanted to bring up while this. You had like I think it ranged from like fifty to hundred viewers, kind of in that range, uh, up and down. Mm-hmm. How did that feel? I think that was probably one of, if not the biggest cast you've done. Um. Oh yeah, easily. Outside, I think I was on an IGL main cast once that had like something like around that range, around fifty or something like that. Um. But as far as one that I was leading, yeah, that was the uh, the the significantly the most that I had. Um. And no, it was cool. The the hard part becomes that you cannot keep up with like one, your job isn't to do this necessarily while you're doing the casting, but you can't really keep up with chat and engage with chat too much uh, because obviously there's, there's so much stuff going on and there's so much chat going on, obviously like during the games or hype for any of the goals, that kind of stuff. But they, you know, like the chat dies down in the intermission part. So like after a series is over and we're waiting for the next series to start, there's no chat there. And that's when I want the chat there so I can have something to engage with and nobody's talking because they're waiting for the next game to start. And so we're, it was just me and uh Mixta who is part of the 72 PC community. Um, and and at least you have a co-caster though. Cause when you're doing that solo, that's even harder. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Solo would be really, really rough. Um, that's when the alcohol would start to come out if uh, if, if I was just doing this. Because uh, I think somebody even asked in, in the Discord, they were like, okay, are you going to like, you know, have the whiskey drinks and stuff on on stream? And although I had my whiskey here, I wasn't really like doing the on on stream thing with it. And, uh, and I was like, but if I was doing solo, you- <laughs> that would 100% be part of it. When you when you see uh, Relentless have like a water bottle that isn't uh, clear, is it see through? Just whiskey. you know, just you know what's just up. Just brown liquor. Yep. Um, no, but it was honestly it was a lot of fun. Uh, and it's it it was weird because right, so I'm doing it for 72 PC. So everything I'm saying is has to be in favor of you know, or at least biased towards 72 PC. Um, despite all that, but there was so much amazing play, like being yo so, some of the individual just, plays sorry keep going but some no. of those individual plays man oh uh, they, they were crazy and, and from from all the different teams and it was the weird part um watching you know seeing it all up close and that kind of stuff and seeing what envy did later in the day and how good they were playing later in the day but like when 72 pc was playing against envy like i felt that was a closer game than when they played against e united or um against alpine i thought it was a much closer competition as far as how they played um they ended up beating alpine they lost to envy and e united and sonics but alpine had the worst overall record 72 pc 
takes that fourth slot coming out of the round robin, gets into the next day, and then um, loses to Charlotte Phoenix. Uh, Lazaro's favorite team. Well, second favorite team now. Well, it's I don't know. Who's, what's Charlotte Phoenix? I don't know anything about Charlotte Phoenix. <laughs> I think them losing uh, to Charlotte Phoenix is the best storyline. As much as I hate to say it, it is the best storyline. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. Well, karma was on the t- <laughs> exactly. If karma was starting that game, that would have been the overall best storyline. But yeah. um, I mean, they but they made it right. So you essentially cool. You made it into um, the top sixteen for for RLCS. Like mm-hmm. that's what you, you know. As far as they haven't made a single split up to this point, now they have. So like really, hey, they're top sixteen in RLCS. Like that's really all you can really hope for. Um, as a first go around, so I think it's gonna be that, one of those. That that's their best result, better. right? Or yeah, uh, as far as this, as far as this split is, or as far as this season is concerned, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have any real placement between um, uh, fall or winter split, if I remember correctly. So this is like their first of fall, step into all of it. Possibly a top sixteen. Oh, okay. But I might be wrong. Regardless, I, but yes, I feel like when I was watching those games, I'm like, they did not seem like they seemed in the mix, you know, Envy, well, especially the I, Envy one. I was honestly surprised how competitive <laughs> and, and, and what I, it came to was the pace of play in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Envy plays a more traditional pace where United plays a significantly more aggressive and faster pace. And I think Envy. They kind of, if if they think they're slightly better than their opponents, I think they start with that traditional pace and see if they can win without having to like force themselves too much. Um, and I think what ends up happening is if they can survive long enough, the team that's playing a little more aggressive is opening themselves up for uh, counter talks, counter attacks a lot more. Or it just felt like it was like because of the fact that they were like so aggressive the whole time, and then you just kind of had envy. Just making sure they didn't let that goal in. Uh, it, it was it was frustrating, but there was there's some crazy solo plays that I saw. Spider especially. I, I, if Spider I'm... and Seabass made some incredible plays, mm-hmm. and I think Jacob yeah. kind of takes up that Rizzo position on the team, where it's like he's kind of the glue guy. He's where you need him when he when you need him, but he doesn't do the fancy stuff that Spider and Seabass do. Because Spider and Seabass, I mean, even together they made some some nutty plays happen between the two mm-hmm. of them. They did. I, I really like the cast too because it was like I think sometimes especially when there's teams that I that I don't know and I'm watching or I don't have too much affiliation with and it's it's uh it's a little hard to kind of get into the games but like I was like you know 72 PC all the way every game so that was a <laughs> lot of fun. Well, it is and it's crazy because like you know other than having our very loose affiliation with 72 PC the community, um, like. You know, other than just me generally wanting them to do well because of that, I didn't really, I haven't thought about them the entire time up to this point. And then I'm sitting here watching this, the split, and every time they get a goal, I'm sitting over here just fist pumping and all <laughs> stoked about it. And you can't see me because it was during the game and I'm off camera for that. So, um, no, it was a really good time and I enjoyed it. And I hope that you know next uh, next series and stuff they get they make it through so we can do it all again. And um, you know now that they've I mean, they've played plenty of these teams before. They know what it takes and stuff like that. But now that they've gotten into into all that for this split, hopefully it just kind of like gives them the um, platform they need to move forward because, you know, they have the new roster and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this is just a taste of what's to come with them. For sure, for sure. Uh, 
Yeah, we're technically still in the announcement corner, so I'm going to continue on here. Uh, we got a tournament, March the 27th, 2v2 Extras. What's this about, Relance? Uh 2v2 Extras. So 2v2 Extras is going to be um, all the, you know, it's not all the different extra modes because it's going to be end up end up being a uh, best of three all the way through. So the entire tournament is best of three, single elimination. There's no best of five or any of this. It's going to start off with Hoops. And then it's going to move over into um, snow day, and then oh. end with drop shot. So no rumble. No in this rumble. One. No, yes, I want. The, I want the this worst to be. Game mode. <laughs> I'm so no, happy. And, and I li- I like rumble as far as all the extra modes. Rumble is my personal favorite, but I want this to be one where um, players have the most individual control over what happens. So Rumble mm. has the RNG aspect with the space that 2v2 gives you. I feel like that field ends up being a little bit too big for stuff like when you have boxing gloves and those kind of things. Without mm. having that third person there, Rumble makes it a little bit tough. So it's going to start off again, hoops, then snow day, then uh, then drop shot. So it's single sign up, just like uh, the last several have been. I'll sign teams um, morning of, and then we'll uh, and and then we'll go from there. 8 p.m. Eastern as usual. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. awesome. I like uh, that idea. I'm excited to watch this one. <laughs> I I like I felt I hadn't heard Wabs in a while, so Yeah, yeah, Wabs really gonna cut him off. Wabs can take the rest of the show. I've done my talking. Okay. You know what? The rest of the show's the good part. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on score and done. Now we can actually get to the uh the main ingredients. Um I, okay, let's let's announce this. The season two ends April seventh, um, so that's that's the thing that it's upcoming. There's mm-hmm. also the Lama Rama event that's uh, tied in with it, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, did any of you see some of the decals for the Lama Rama event? Just the main one. I'm not excited about it personally. I think I like the red one more than the blue one, um, but I mean it's fine. Yeah, it's like it's fine. Uh, oh. I think I think the more. Like here's the reality. I think at this point, Epic Games, every single like major game that they have will be kind of crossing over with itself. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Fall Guys crossover. Like, like I don't know. Like I know we were joking about like the lore that the eggs are actually hatched to Fall Guys, <laughs> but I kid you not, I would not be surprised if in half a year, all the maps instead of eggs just have Fall Guys. <laughs> that would not surprise me. <laughs> I'd honestly kind of be down. That'd be really fun. It would be, like, they should they have one be... map with a fall, with Fall Guys as 100%. Like, a Fall Guys themed map. They they should 100% have that. Have a Fortnite themed map. Like just come out with the the Epic's game uh, season. So it's not like season two where they do everything like musically inclined. Just come out with the Epic's game thing, and you just kind of have all of your crossover things in one season. Yeah. Or I mean. Or honestly, they could just add those things one at a time as well. I mean, knowing them, they're a very they're a very one at a time adder type of mm-hmm. <laughs> type of company. Um, and I, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I'm just thinking of like literally, they just put like a little face on all the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they, they don't need do to anything do. else. Just a graphical update. That's all they the need to do, face. and it would be so fun. I would love it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so that that's there. Um, enjoy it. I mean, I like opening random uh, free loot crates for playing the game. So mm-hmm. I, while it's not particularly my favorite set of things, uh, I have nothing really against it. Um, another announcement, last announcement, uh, is the Rob and Kyle show is up. 
and yes, we did talk about bucks. Yeah, we're all we either uh, you know I was I was I was inspired to buy some books on the podcast. That's all I'm going to give you. I'm so um, hoping that you enjoy them. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Uh, it, I, I, worst case scenario, there'll be a sleeping aid. So true. Um, yeah. True. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, our week in Rock League. I, I actually have a lot, I feel, um, to go over uh, in our week in Rock League. The first thing is C2 gameplay. So I'm back in C2 and 3s. Nice. Um, and it is a significant jump. And I've said this before. I feel the jump, the change that happens. Um, but there was one one like particular couple set of games that I played where I was convinced it was a pro player smurfing. <laughs> And okay, or at least like at least GC3, okay? Because it was like every chance they got, they were just like a twirl air tripling perfectly from one side of the map to the other. And they'd insta flick. I, I don't know. It was wild. So um, um, they were peaking and it was the best game of their life, or they were they were they were smurfing. Were they on a team? Do you know? No, they were by themselves. That's weird. I it I think they had a Garrett G profile pick. I think their name was Snowy. So hmm. if Garrett G is releasing a uh, road to <laughs> Grand Jam series, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we might see it zero in there. We might, might, you might see me. You might see me. Um, yeah, but but overall, I actually really enjoyed those games. I played three games, two on the team and one against. And the two on, I won. And the one against, I lost. So, I mean, say what you want about that. Uh, but I, I actually really enjoyed the game against because I it's kind of funny when you know one player is significantly better than the rest of them. So like you play differently just to mess with that player. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, OK, I literally cannot give this person space. So I'm just going to lie. Like I'm going to be more ridiculous because he just wants to set up an air dribble every time. Um, and then the best was because because I was playing this and pressuring him uh, and I got a couple challenges in a row. When I'd whiff, and obviously not on purpose, but I'd whiff, it'd completely fake him out. It was amazing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I had a little rivalry, I guess, with... with I, I believe it was uh, Snowy, I believe was the name. Um, so that was one of the big things. Uh, another thing is Relentless and I uh, hopped into twos, and we just kind of didn't lose for a while, or we did, like, extremely well. Uh, yeah, Relentless... I mean, we were, we're, we're in comms, and I was like, okay, let's not join comms until we lose the game. Um, how did you feel about that one, Relentless? Uh, I mean, overall, I think I think we played well. And honestly, I think we play better outside of comms than we do inside comms. Um, just because it's one of those. And I, I have a firm belief on this for at least my own play style. I play better solo queued than I do in comms. And I don't know what it is, just the subconscious confidence that I have in my teammate when I'm in the same voice call of them is whenever they go up, hey, they're going to get a positive touch out of this. They're, there's <laughs> no way they get beat on this touch. And But in solo queue, I'm like planning for like, hey, worst case scenario, they get dunked super hard and you know I'm going to be here at least in a semi-supportive position. Also kind of trying to angle myself to still continue to be offensive or supporting if you do get the positive touch. Like on solo queue, I probably play the game the way it should be played when I'm um, when I'm in voice call with whoever I'm playing with, I just play the game the way I dream that I could play it, and uh, <laughs> and that, that's about the difference. No, we we won like five straight. We lost one, then we went back. We won one, and that was it. Like that was our entire play play for the day. Yeah. Nice. Um, I I would also say to that point, I think comms is something that in a game like Rocket League, the 
It's so tough because if you're thinking about that person comms, it's like you're not thinking about how you usually play or you're not really matching your usual play style. So you play completely differently. And by the fact that you're playing completely different than you usually do, you're going to be awkward and you're going to, you know, not be as confident. And it, it just doesn't. I don't know. There's there's definitely a weird thing that happens where uh, I, I feel like especially when you're doing comms in game, like you're trying to be like really like talking. I think overload of information can actually be a detrimental. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I actually told Cursor one time when I was playing with him. Um, and this isn't like even a slant of Cursor, but I'm like, I cannot concentrate with how much you're talking right now because he was like saying everything that he was going to do. And it actually just made me lose focus on the whole game. I don't know if it's just like my personality, right? Clashing there. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of want to get maybe Wab's take on that. Mm-hmm. It really just kind of boils down to the fact that comms and learning how to calm and take in comms, both of those um, are two very important skills that are completely separate from Rocket League. But if you're trying to play in a team, very important to it. Um, I don't really know how to develop them because my own comms are horrible and my listening comms are horrible. I don't know how to play in comms, Um, but it's very much a skill that you have to develop and you have to be very intentional about doing so. You can't really escape from that. Yeah, I think sometime during the summer, I'd like to like, um, I don't know, like, especially if I can get streaming going to have like a dedicated hour where I just play, play with you abs and then mm-hmm. see um, with, uh, yeah, have us intentionally calm, like mm-hmm. have us not just, I mean, it's, as fun as it is to, to just like talk whatever, and we probably still play pretty well, intentionally like go in and, 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 uh, and try to call everything and try to try to be, um, what's the word, proactive about, about comms and stuff. Sure. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. I think uh, turning <laughs> back on that, um, you probably have to become comfortable with just talking and not like super focusing on the game um, and requiring everything on the game to get to a point where you can then transition to hard coming. I think that's probably a better way to do it. Um, just from. So streaming. <laughs> like, yeah, actually. Because you have to have that ability to play the game as you normally would, or at least to a level that you normally would, even if it's not while your same play style. Split focus. Yeah. Yeah. While split focused. Because you do have to have a little bit of your mind focused on like, okay, where am I? And I need to say this. And where what am I doing and what's coming into me and all that information and then process it and all that. So you can't put your entire mind onto the game. For sure, for sure. Um, one last thing I want to mention is uh, today, actually, I happened to, uh, on a whim, uh, I was I was subscribed to Pluto, and uh, he's like, yeah, 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 if you're a subscriber, you get you get a replay. I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll send it a replay. I actually sent him the replay with the lies and cursor. Uh, <laughs> but I made sure we, like, because I essentially went on ball chasing, and I'm like, okay, what, you know, when you go on ball chasing, you don't have your own replay, so you just kind of see what other ones have been posted. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so I got Eliza's uh, replay of us playing. Um, and it was kind of funny because it was like, there's some very clear mistakes with some cool things uh, that he pointed out. Um, so yeah, I just I just thought, I mean, more than anything, like he was talking about too, is like, you know, I, I'm not, if you, Pluto's saying essentially, I'm not, like, I don't even watch my own replays, like he said. Um, but if you want to intentionally be competitive, right? Like if your goal is to be competitive, then you really do have to be doing it. Mm-hmm. So I was laughing how like that was a way to force me to watch one of my replays by <laughs> by having Pluto watch it on a stream. I'm so lazy. I'm going to subscribe to someone. 
already, to get no, them all, to watch no, no, hold on, hold on. I'm not even going to subscribe. So I have to already be subscribed to someone who happens mm. to mention uh, that he's. Uh, you can get a replay. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only way that you can convince yourself and trick yourself into actually watching your own replay. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, so that was my week. Uh, I I will say I've been having a little bit of trouble in ones, but it also could be that I'm kind of in a mood in ones where I like don't really want to play it. But this is probably the time I should play it the most. So take that what you will. Um, and yeah, yeah. And I'm also training way, way too much spinnies while air dribbling, but I think it's good nice. for practicing my uh, my upside down control. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, how was your week in Rocket League? Maybe we'll go Wabs first and then Relentless. My week was basically no Rocket League. I've had a busy week. I'm sad. You had a busy week. <laughs> are your hands a little better now? These My days? hands are actually much better, which is very nice. Um, I've been able so to play. These breaks without, are probably a good thing for you. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been able to play without um, feeling it too much. Sometimes when I'm playing like other games where I have to have my hands on my desk, it's a thing, mm. which is kind of weird because I don't have my hands on my desk very often at all. Um, I, I've experienced that when I played a lot of FIFA and then I transitioned to doing stuff on my keyboard. Um, it was like a weird, you're like using different parts of your hand and yeah. then just like yeah. you get sore. Or- exactly. I think that's, that's what it is. So it's kind of weird. Um, but overall my hands are better. There was a, a pop like what a month ago or something. And then when that pop happened, it was just like, Oh, my hands are, are good oh. now. Everything is great. <laughs> oh, okay, nice. Uh, Rolandus, how was your week at Rock League? Uh, I mean, my my week is pretty pretty basic. Played a little bit with you. Played a little bit with uh, allies, um, and that's about it. Uh, solo queue here and there. Really, have not played played significantly much. Any kind of free time I've had, I was spent um, doing stuff for the seventy two PC stream, working, and then playing here and there. Uh, overall, not too bad. Uh, as it pertains to your C2 gameplay, I kind of had my own thoughts on generally C2 gameplay because I sit around there most often. Um, Mm -hmm. And what makes me, like the teammates and stuff I have within C2 and everything, like what I end up appreciating when I have a, like what I think I have a good teammate. Obviously when people get back on defense, but I think that's a generally common enough thing. People rotate halfway decent and stuff around c2 um yeah they make mistakes but overall that's not a big issue i think um just literally hitting the ball consistently just making con firm contact with the ball consistently in a just semi-intelligent intelligent (laughs) readable manner because like there'll be times where people are like the ball was like they're sitting in the middle of field ish and then the ball was hit down the side of the field and then they just go and they bang it off the side wall but it's like on our half of the field and they were last man back and they just banged it straight off the sidewall, straight back out in the middle and leave it wide open. But outside of those mistakes, just, Hey, when you go up for an aerial, you're able to make um, firm, consistent contact. That's like a big thing. And pretty much if people do that, like that's going to be like number one thing that helps me play better with somebody is when they go up for something like I can generally trust that they're going to hit the ball. Um, and it kind of got me thinking about this. I, I swear it was a waiting video. I'm mm. like 99% positive is waiting video. I just don't remember which one it was because he's got like 50 of them on there. Um, and But he was talking about 
and essentially what he was talking about is like the perception of mechanics that you need to get to like GC. And mm-hmm. he first showed a, um, he, he first showed somebody that did like, they jumped, jumped off the wall, did an air dribble, then went into a flip reset and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, crazy mechanics and everything. And it was like, he's like, you know, that's the mechanics you think you need to be able to play at the GC level. And he's like, but here's the mechanics you actually need. And he had like a very similar kind of setup and it's just a fast aerial goes up and makes firm contact on target. And that was it. <laughs> like it was literally like the most simple, like he, you know, he does the spins and stuff on the way up, but he's like, that's, that's what you need to be able to do. Um, if you want to push up the ranks is you're just going to make that consistent contact. And that's something I've even gone back and started working on is, you know, when I'm going up for aerials and stuff, just making the consistent contact in the general aspect that I'm looking for. It doesn't, you know, at the C2 rank, you're not expecting to get everything precise on target or precise where you want to hit it. Um, But can you get it in the region that you want to hit it? And can you make a firm touch? If you can do those two things um, better than the people around you or as, as good, and then you make better decisions than the people around you, then you're going to move up. And that's kind of true for every rank. If you can make stronger firmer touches in a you know more precise way than the people around you most of the time that's regardless of rank that's going to be able to help you move up as you get higher your margin of error becomes much much smaller but um i think that's pretty much true for every rank from bronze all the way up to at least champ where it's just like that's all you need to be able to do and you're going to make it far honestly um, actually oh you go up i i think that that probably goes up until ssl and maybe higher like I'm straight up, I I don't think that this is get, ever gonna stop. Where it's like, man, if I just had teammates that hit the ball, would well, it be great? I just that's all I want for my teammates to hit the ball. <laughs> the difference is that it's the perception of what hitting the ball is, um, because in bronze, it's like literally just hit the ball on the ground and you're an amazing teammate. Um, <laughs> if you can hit the ball every time you go for it by just driving into it, but at like the champ two level it's like okay i want you guys to be able to hit an aerial not necessarily too fast but i want you guys to be able to hit an aerial every time you go up and at the very least hit it forward or to a teammate you know if you're really reaching um in gc it's like okay i want you to be able to go up and actually hit the ball not just like get a touch but actually hit it which is a very big difference but it's also not much of a difference um but then in ssl it's like okay i need you to go up and get this flip reset to get it past somebody and really outplay them and that's like kind of that base level like you need to be able to have the mechanics to to do something to do something with the ball as it all comes down to are you hitting the ball in the way that's expected of you that's all that you have to do to really uh, advance in your rank hit the ball as you're expected and to that point like one thing that i'm finding like in c2 because it is faster gameplay but like in Diamond 3, if there's like a wall read that you kind of like, you're really close, but you miss, right? Um, you're like, okay, it's not like the biggest mistake in the world, for instance. Mm-hmm. But in C2, like if you're doing a, either like slightly pre-jumping uh, the wall or there's like a backboard read uh, or even the sidewall and you miss it, that is a mistake that leads to goals, right? Yes. Like that's the difference, right? So the higher up you go, the more those things that you perceive as not mistakes become mistakes. Exactly. You're like, oh, I played perfectly, right? Um, you Like even to this point, right? I played perfectly, right? I made no mistakes. 
and you're the person who's in the front post that didn't challenge, right? No, yeah. no, no. You made you made a big mistake. You just by not challenging, it doesn't look like you made a mistake because it doesn't look like you could be. But it actually would have been better if you completely flailed and missed than you standing there. So mm-hmm. there's some funny things like that. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes you think of another video. I don't know who, I don't remember even who it was at this point. Um, but they were talking about, um, you know, what, what leads to goals and stuff like that on mm. the defensive end? Um, what leads to opponents goals? And they said either a, a major mistake or, you know, in the case of threes, three minor mistakes. And those minor mistakes can be, um, decision or mechanical minor mistakes. So it was, but a major mistake is like, hey, a ball was rolling at the net and you just flat out missed. Like that's a major mistake, and it's like, um, or, um, you know, you or a double commit would be like, and say like, okay, that's a major mistake, or you know, it could be a major mistake, that kind of thing, depending on the situation. But it was, you know, two, um, you know, in, in the case of twos, it's two minor mistakes or one major mistake, and it's a, and it's a goal pretty much every single time. So. Um, missing that touch off the corner is either a minor mistake. If your teammates not back um, or it's a major mistake or it's a major mistake. If your teammates not back, it's a minor mistake. If you have a teammate back and your teammate then has the makeup for your mistake. But the other aspect of twos, the other mistakes that end up happening, you have to recover and get back so much faster in twos and be in a supportive position so much faster in twos. So just not recovering fast enough is a minor mistake. So if you're, teammate misses a touch off the sidewall and you didn't recover fast enough. There's your two minor mistakes. So it's just kind of like looking at that on how to play defense a little bit more, um, you know, kind of a, apply that a little bit as you get up, what is constituted as a mistake um, that is going to lead to a goal. You're allowed less leeway. Again, you have less margin for error. The higher you go up um, the things that you're expected to be able to do, like you have to be able to do them. You have to do them nine times out of 10, 99 times out of a hundred type of thing. Um, like those touches off the back wall that are simple enough or, um, not double committing as, as you go up, if you're making double commits, especially in twos, like that's just silly stuff that's going to directly lead to goals every single time. So just kind of be being aware of those things, I think, um, help lead to better gameplay. Completely, completely. I agree. And like, these are those things as well. Um, that, I just had a smirk on my face. I won't say why. Um, but when you look at learning a certain skill, you have to also remember you probably should not be looking at this while you're playing, if that makes sense. Like if you're focusing that as you're playing, then you are no longer worrying about execution. So I think I think a lot of us also have to remember that the there's the ex- executing you know, the gameplay and the mechanics and just playing the game, that's one part. Um, and But preparation and review is the outside of the game part, right? And this is where it kind of, you know, whether it's reviewing your replays um, or even making mental notes after the game, like thinking back, might work. But this is ultimately why why we say, don't like, you can overthink stuff. It's because if you're th- worrying about every little mistake that you've possibly thought of that you could make, you're just not going to play very well, right? Um, so I think we we have I think it's better for you from a learning process to completely disassociate in game in game execution of the things you know versus replay review and writing down all the things you have to work on. 
mm. um, and noticing those mistakes. Because I, I actually think it's detrimental to notice mistakes during the game or overly focus on mistakes during the game um, because it leads to a chain reaction of you worrying about that past mistake and then not worrying about where the ball's about to go. And once you've already started doing that, you've already lost. Um, so I think it's a it's it'd be wise to make that distinction if you're trying to get better. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially if you're looking at man, there's been a lot of toxicity the past like couple weeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking at other people's uh, mistakes, at least as you're perceiving them, like they might not be mistakes and they're on you, but in game you don't have that ability to actually distinguish. You can go back and say like, no, this guy was actually completely wrong and this is entirely on him. But in the moment, you probably don't want to make that decision because you're just going to be or begin focusing on that teammate who now made a mistake and everything they do is now wrong. <laughs> and it's like, it's like you've, you know, and this isn't even like who is to blame, right? The point isn't like who is to blame, who's not to blame. It's. You cannot be thinking of the people to blame because Mm -hmm. you have already impacted your team severely if you started doing that. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Some great discussion we got. We got out of this. So uh, I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for bringing up that uh, perception of mechanics you need. Uh, I think that's always a fair point. Um, I find that I've probably practiced less overall shooting. Mm. um then then probably should just because i'm practicing those other mechanics that being said though, i score all so many goals i just don't worry about it. no oh, that's uh, fair, that's fair. <laughs> uh, i i do think ones helps with that as well though because in ones you have to be very precise and you have to be intentional with everything you hit so i think ones does help with that a little bit but yeah there's something to maybe doing a little more uh shooting practice i could always implement um mm-hmm. i think i actually want to also bring up is that i found that i in my rise to C2, I've had more in-game points than I've ever had before. And nice. I'm not even talking assists or shots necessarily. I just, for whatever reason, and th- this could literally be just the last three days, for whatever reason, I just felt like I had a lot of control over how the game was going. Oh, um, nice. And I just had closer control, like closer car control and just more touches on the ball than I've ever had before. So I, I like, and this is the thing. It's like, this style works great when I'm playing well. Right. But the off, the day that I have an off day and I try to do this is the day I go own 14. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of how it works sometimes, but, but I'm, I am feeling like that where everything start like starts to clicks, um, starts to click. That's when you feel like you really have a lot of control over what's happening in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, I thought I'd bench it. Yeah, uh, I think it's fair. Mentioned. Okay, let's 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 move on to esports. Um, so we actually did have an esports show this past uh, weekend. So definitely, yeah. some of you are probably you know probably listening to that show, and then you're like, "Wait, this show's up now. What's going on?" Yeah, we had the extra show. We'll do. We'll have that show with Ty uh, and Cursor once a month. Um, uh, and so yeah, we'll, that'll be like very esports focused. The whole show will be only esports. Uh, as opposed to here where it's it's the it's the snack at the end a little bit um but we talked about our thoughts on rizzo and face clan uh i kind of want to get uh let's start with relentless maybe your thoughts on rizzo's retirement uh and uh how face clan did 
or face clan being in the esports scene at all? Um, I mean, face clan being part of esports within Rocket League is is obviously very good for Rocket League. It's the same kind of thing of of Epic, you know, officially making it free to play and and all that kind of stuff. It's it's just stuff that is good for the esports scene. It's good for the game in general to have it grow and that kind of stuff. Um, there's not a lot that you can look at flatly and say. Yep, this is a bad thing for Rocket League. And <laughs> Plus for them, 40k viewership and yeah, yeah, <laughs> face class play <laughs> easily, right? Like they throw it on their Twitter and they're going to get you know a million people to know that it exists right away. Like it's just going to be kind of how that how that works. So, um, and then it's good that you know they picked up a team that is going to perform and have them in that top eight, so that, that they can you know you're going to have a well known organization at the highest level. Like you're, it's not going to be something where they're stuck in the, you know, bottom barely qualifying that kind of thing. It's going to be, no, you get to see them on the biggest stage on the mainstream, all that kind of stuff. So all of that is, is weird, good for the sport. Is it weird relentless that I like, I now want to like, feel like the peeps are a bigger deal just because of the logo and branding. <laughs> well, it's, it's a team now with resources and that kind of stuff. And it, you know, when when you're just playing for fun versus when you're playing for responsibility and stuff, like it, it could spark a uh, improvement. And the peeps had kind of gotten a little bit quiet before getting picked up, but now that they're picked up and stuff, and you see that out there, and you know they join phase and know that there's expectations and stuff there. So, you know, in in their case, I think it's going to be helpful moving forward of knowing like we're not just doing this for us because we enjoy it and we're really good at this. We're doing it because, you know, we got a responsibility to a brand that we're representing. So like I said, all that I think is, is very good for rocket league itself. Um, and you know, if Lazero can work some of his networking skills and make us the, um, phase weekly rod rocket league podcast, then we can, uh, oh boy. then we can really grow up, but he's got to do some leg work. Like I'm tired of this lazy leadership, <laughs> um, no um as, as far as rizzo and stuff goes i it feels like rizzo is like the last of the old guard right like the last of the dying breed of the people that kind of made rocket league esports into what it is um but the game has passed him by like it's it's the unfortunate spot it's the same kind of thing with or the, has with it <laughs> It has, despite Rizzo's best efforts, they still made it really far. Um, The the, the unfortunate, I think the game just ends up being a little bit too fast and too very, very precise at that fast speed that Rizzo being a little bit older, isn't quite able to keep up. Like, I mean, I don't even, I don't even think it's that. I'm going to be honest. I think his content creation and the amount of other projects that he's doing just simply means like he's not putting the eight to ten hour grind that the rest of the players are. Like that, it's just well, that and that eight to ten hour grind, grind right? Because because <laughs> what you have to be sixteen years old to become a professional and be able to mm-hmm. compete in RLCS. So a sixteen year old absorbs information so significantly faster than a twenty one or twenty two year old. It's and I mean what Lazaro, you're a teacher, you understand like the the difference in how they're able to process, retain and apply information at 16 years old or these 14 year olds that are, you know, they, they've been playing for several years that are now 16 becoming professionals. It's so much faster and so much more easily applied than somebody who is just five, six years older. Um, and I think the reason like players like uh, turbo K dot um, squishy to some extent and, and Garrett, right. Are still sticking around, right. Or are still at the top of the game is because the, 
the optimal performance is a mix of someone who's absorbed all this stuff, but also has the experience and the ability to, to handle pressure. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day. So, so why, why is G2's performance this, you know, this particular split so good or like this last one that we, that we'll talk about in a second. So good. It's because of the fact that in some ways they had zero pressure. They created a situation where they had no expectation. Right. Um, and they had a very experienced team with no expectation. And that just is a, and it could just, honestly, it could just be a one-off man. It could just be one of those things that, yeah, Hey, yeah. they performed when they needed to, and the other teams didn't. Um, but the reality is like, and it's funny that you mentioned a few like, like turbo and, and some of them is like, as much as we like them, as much as they are pillars of rocket league completely, Imagine a team with Turbo, Rizzo, and Cronovi on it and how poorly they would perform against all these teams, even though they are just pillars of Rocket League. They are the like entire scene before uh, the modern scene and all the up and yeah, and stuff to, like that. But they would, as a team, um, they would not do well, I don't think. To, to that point, I think there's only one spot on a roster for a player like that. <laughs> like, yes. yeah. like, I don't think... like. I, I don't consider Kate up because I think Kate up's actually put in a lot of work to 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 keep their violent panda right. There's a couple players that have really kept up, but like a player like Turbo, I'm like looking at his team and it's like he's still clutch. Don't get me wrong, he's still is co- as cool as a cucumber, as they say, right? Um, and that is his biggest strength. But it's like he he is not he's not missed, which you know, and even Atomic to that point, which, no, it's- which really make up that part of the team, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you need you need those guys that are experienced and stuff like that. But again, you see you see what happened to Rogue when they made the shift. Said, "Hey, you know what? As much as we love Cronovi, we're going to make a shift away from Cronovi and bring in somebody who's a bit younger and a bit you know a bit faster and and could do a few different things and support the team a little bit better." And immediately, you know, within within a few months, it's just like they. You know, you can make the argument right now they're the best team in NA right now. So yeah. like it's just one of those of um, the unfortunate part is you can get by with one of those players, but there is a better option. Like there ends okay. up being better players available just because unfortunately, esports in general, and especially something as heavily mechanical as Rocket League, it's not made to age in. Relentless like you're not going to get talking. I've stayed quiet this entire time and I'm going to make a big statement. I've never disagreed with you more okay. <laughs> straight up. Like I have never disagreed with you more. You've never been more wrong then. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You like you putting so much emphasis on the age thing and it doesn't matter. The only difference here is that these, uh, the, the newer players are the ones that have been grinding mechanics, been playing like super heavy mechanical for the past four to five years outside of that older meta like you can look at squishy even he's been doing he's always been a mechanical player and he still is one of the most mechanical players we we, well not necessarily at that number one spot because there's more competition but he's an older player from the older older meta but he wasn't ever playing the older meta really he was always a mechanical player that was just better he was the best player on the field and that's what he was going to be doing and that's the only thing that's different. Like all of the older players are specifically older because they're a part of an older meta. That's why they transitioned to the third role from the wherever they were before. That's why Turbo Kadop, uh, Garrett G, these people, like 
it's because they played in this older meta and were the best at it. And they're able to transition from that older meta into this new meta as the third position. The reason that Squishy works is because he doesn't need to be in that third position. He is the older player that's just mechanical. And that's what he what he did. It has nothing to do with age. It entirely has to do with what these players were focusing on. And this just straight grinding of mechanics. Like, Kronobi's never really been a mechanical player. Maybe in like season one. But he's, he's but I do think I do think I, age plays mm-hmm. a factor as far as when you're talking about development and how the game has progressed in the last five years, for example. Um, I think age does play a factor. Now the game has been out for five years. <laughs> yeah, but pe- like but a lot of these a lot of the professional players played, you know, SARP and all that stuff before. Not that not that it's a direct like not that everything is again directly transfer over. I'm gonna say um, it doesn't even remotely transfer over. Because well, that's I think Crow was a step ahead because he plays Sarp. Yes. Um he had but that base eventually his willingness to grind was not the same as some other players. Exactly. And yeah, honestly, a good portion of mechanics um that are relevant now just did not exist because the flip reset didn't exist until they added underpass, which was in I think late 2017 or after. So that was already at, um a couple seasons into the game and Anything that is done at the pro level now did not exist. Not even just that they couldn't do it. It straight up didn't exist. To to, to Relentless's point, I think age plays a factor if, if a player starts or yes. started at an older age. I'll give like you These that. players that are like 23 and they start when they're 18 and they have five years of professional or four years of professional experience. I think it's if they're grinding as much as the other players, I truly do not believe that they're going to be left behind because I, you've seen these players, some of them develop despite the fact that they are older players. I just think that willingness to grind leaves. Um, but I, I really, if, if a player has been at the top of the game for almost five years, I, I'm i like, okay, maybe in like five years, okay, I, I might start saying that. But if they're, if they're playing just as much as they have before or they're keeping up with the rest of the teams, I really have no inclining to say that the age is the factor at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and maybe that's because I just think the top end can get skewed a little bit. I think sometimes we look at the top end and we think like, you know, these mechanical you know geniuses are just going to be able to use all of these and we have three of them. And like, that's what Rogue is. It's a whole bunch of mechanical geniuses, right? That are essentially even, flying the rapid and doing amazingly, right? But not um, even, they're just the best. Like they have the reason that I was going to bring up Rogue as yeah, yeah. the h- worst thing that you brought up relentless that entire thing is because they swapped Kronovi, who was amazing, but you know, wasn't proper, probably wasn't able to keep up with the, the evolving meta at that speed for literally the best player in the world right now. At least arguably. Like, First Killer is very much in contention, if not just taking it. Like, that's a horrible example. Not First Killer. Maybe, and um, I don't know if that's this, but it's one of those, like, when you look at any type of thing where they ha- where somebody has to absorb a new skill, the younger you start, the better. And that's why you're getting so many of the younger professionals. I'm not saying it's the specific identifying factor, but it is one of those things of it's going to play a part. As you get into your early 20s, you're not going to absorb information as fast as somebody in their 
early, you know, mid teens. Like it's just, that's kind of part of it. They are able to adapt and absorb and apply different information faster. It's like a, I think I'm pretty sure it's scientific in those cases of like the, an age de- decline on how that stuff is absorbed. That's why they have kids do things like, that's why like the best spellers and stuff in the world are children because of how they absorb information is so much faster than somebody who is 18 or somebody who's, you know, past the age of 18 mm-hmm. in like 20, I guess, 21. I guess, I guess to be like, to, to look at this argument one way, it's like, I don't think relentless. We deny in any fact that a kid is going to learn this game and more likely become a pro in a, in a shorter span of time. I guess the argument is that some of these older players, if they're continuing to grind, they've already learned all those lessons, even though it took perhaps more time. But then why aren't you playing at this high? Then why aren't you seeing it though? Why aren't you seeing the players that were the best in season one and two? Why aren't you seeing, because they had a better platform to start from at that point. They were already at the top of the game. They knew everything about the game at that point. And so the amount of information and amount of stuff they had to learn was such a smaller amount. Why aren't you seeing them the most dominant at those things? You're not. Because it isn't remotely well, I, the same game. That's what I was saying. Like Gibbs, who was at the top, has said this. When they were at the number one spot, they they just didn't know anything about the game whatsoever. They were they were the best in the world, but they didn't know anything. And they okay, accepted but that. At their the time. their knowledge of next to nothing is still significantly more than the knowledge of somebody who is yes, you know, 13, they, 14 at that time picking but, it up for the first but time. But think about it like this. They probably had like two hundred hours in the game maybe three or four like at, at most and that was like oh my god that that would be an insane amount to have in that period of time but that is nothing compared to what a lot of like champs have now champs are probably expected to come about at like eight to a eight hundred to a thousand hours a couple hundred hours might have got you to the best in the world in season one but that's because there were so few hours available that's again nothing it's not even C1. It's probably in diamond based on hours. Like you're not yeah, adding anything at this level of, t- at the point of 10,000 hours, the people who were the best then like that effectiveness, like, or the effectiveness and the, uh, efficiency of that time at the top is essentially irrelevant because they have t- like pros have 10,000 hours plus now. 400 hours yeah 10, 10 hours plus irrelevant. on a game that's been out for five years of course pros are going to have that kind of time um what i'm what i'm kind of saying is you say you're saying it's a, it's a vastly different game not in the like in the grand scheme it's not the meta of it has changed mechanics is i've obviously significantly changed um but at the end of the day it's still going to be one of those things like you still had to be able to do the aerials. You still had to be able to hit the ball consistently. And yes, there have been changes. But again, their adjustment that they would have to make is significantly less than somebody who's just picking up the game day one. You know, like they're they were so mu- they they had mm-hmm. such a better platform to go from. So I like I yes. think it can be a combination of all those things. It can be something that you know the game has changed significantly enough. But I also think it's that the you know the people at that time that were pros and stuff like not that they, not that you age out of it. Cause I think you can, you can grind enough to stay in it and stuff, but there's always going to be a new, new generation. There's always going to be a next thing, especially on something that as is as mechanical. And although there is strategy involved, it's so much more fast paced and mechanical than other counterpart type of games. I again, don't agree with you because, and the, the reason is specifically that like, 
someone that started after one year, like someone that started at the beginning, like Kronovi, who has been there since day one, had 400 hours in the game. Let's say, like giving him credit, had 400 hours in the uh, game by the end of the first year. Let's just say that, say that, and like you probably just know life the game. Awesome. He's he's straight up the best. Somebody comes in, I don't know, year two, when uh, Kronovi has 400 hours. There's no contest whatsoever between that difference. Five years down the road, when they both have, or if they play the exact same amount, Kronovi now has 10,000 hours, 400, and the other guy has 10,000. The percentage difference is irrelevant. The better player and the one who just has that ability to grind better and to make their um, their training better and just has that natural skill gap as well, um, like a whole bunch of factors, is going to do better. I don't think that the age has anything to do with it. The only difference is that the number of players that are being able to qualify for RLCS, the, the minimum 16, like Rocket League is targeted towards a young audience. So having this massive part of the audience that wasn't even uh, considered in Rocket League's play while Rocket League was still a small game kind of isn't really fair to compare them to be honest I so okay so this is where like where I'm with Relentless kind of against your point Wabbits here is the fact that I think no matter what we do younger players will learn the game faster and having more like they will learn it they will be able to absorb it faster, right? But I guess my argument against Relentless is I don't think the fact that they learned it faster and they can absorb all those things faster necessarily means that their peak mm-hmm. is going to be better than the top pros. So no, that's but, that's where I diverge. But if you from, take essentially yeah. like two people of the same, let, let's say general skill gap and stuff like, or, you know, the skill level and stuff like that, and you get somebody who's as you, as the game evolves and stuff like that, and you get somebody who's 15 to 16 years old and somebody who's 22, 23 years old, that 15 to 16 year old is going to get out of that potential plateau and skill typically faster. If they have the same grind and all those kind of things, if everything else is, if everything else is, I still don't disagree with you here on that. My only difference is I don't think the top end plateau, just because they can do it faster doesn't necessarily mean that their top end, their natural talent is going to be better. than No, but that's, but that's for anything, right? Talent and stuff is going to be one of those things of, if you have somebody that has a natural proclivity for it, regardless of age, regardless of any, anything, then talent is going to supersede a lot of that stuff. And maybe that's just what it is. Maybe to Wab's point that, you know, maybe you just have, you know, a handful of players who are just naturally more talented at the game. And that could very well be the case. I can be completely off base, but I think if you're taking two players of similar talent level and similar ability to grind and that kind of stuff, the person who's younger going to just going to, they're just going to be able to do it more effectively and be able to implement things a lot faster. Um, the benefit and actually <laughs> small side tangent and, uh, we can kind of bring it up after, um, after this point or, you know, after this discussion, but, um, I think honestly, one of the reasons that we're seeing so much adjustment in who's kind of considered a top player. Cause again, over the last year, I think there's been a lot of adjustments and stuff for who's, you know, the, the best, probably, you know, handful of players in the world. Um, I think we're probably going to, we're probably seeing right now the best rocket league that one are the best rocket league that we've seen up to this point, but probably are going to, C period for a lot of it um, 
because people have had much more time to grind with the pandemic and whatnot. So I think it's just one of those of, um, in that specific case, I think right now what you have is younger people that have the kind of time necessary to grind in the same way that somebody who's not necessarily in grade school is able to do. That's, that's fair. I think, okay. Basically the reason that I, I didn't like your point was I agree with you that the difference between a 12 year old and a 16 year old is massive in terms of the speed. The difference between 16 year old and a 20 year old isn't really that big. It's there, but it shouldn't be enough to have that big of a difference where either natural skill or just the ability to grind and take something more seriously, hopefully at age 20 than 16, um, I think would at the very least compensate for it because by 20, you're not. And this is, yeah, you should obviously assuming the 20 year old has no responsibilities, right? Yes. Yeah. We're, we're assuming that <laughs> we're, we're removing the all variables, <laughs> pretty much all variables and stuff coming They've, out, come out their of parents it. were like, we're going to let you live in the house and feed you and you can just play rocket league. So <laughs> well, we can assume that like they're in maybe university and they have basically the, the same amount of work as a high schooler like, they, they made honest, sure they didn't choose any difficult uh degree they have yes. to choose something easy okay yes. uh and there but that that's like that's why i really hate this thing of, of age i don't think it's that relevant between the the older pros that we're seeing and the younger and okay this is another thing i want to bring up speaking of some of the pros that were were um were at the top before and now have faded right there's a difference between early adapters and and the the workaholics, okay? True. Um and so I whatever whatever you want to say, okay? I think Squishy is probably the first workaholic, shall we say, example, okay? Of someone who mm. didn't have any internet and just played played the game, okay? And all of a sudden he's, you know, being considered one of the most mechanical best players, blah 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 blah, blah right? Um but a lot of the early players that did really well at the game are people who have natural profinity for the game, right? Or maybe that maybe some of the SARP experience, but, but a lot of them had natural affinity for the game at the beginning, okay? But they did not have the work ethic to back it up. And that sounds terrible, but you know, well, I mean, we're not talking for, that's true for every sport, right? It's one of those Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying I, I feel like that's something we have to also keep in mind about some of these older pros is that um, they realize, oh no, there's all these hungry young players gunning for me, and a lot of them, you know, couldn't keep up. Like I just think that's 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 another kind of harsh reality to to some of it, right? Um, and you know, I guess when you're older, your ability to be like, oh no, I'm no, it's I can't just keep sitting on this. I have to grind even harder than the players under me. Um, there's just some players that can't do it, mm-hmm. uh, or some people that you know, get the best player in the world <coughs> turbo on their team uh, um, to help them out so they can just be clutch and, and let Miss I mean, Atomic do everything. I would say Miss and Atomic are just insane players in their own right. Like they are propping turbo up in a lot of those cases. And, and I don't think okay. that's an age thing by anything. Turbo's, turbo's mm. uh, desire to not grind the same as other people is, is well-documented. Yeah, yeah. I, the the only thing like I always wonder about some of those teams, like especially that particular team, is I don't know with a different player they'd necessarily find success. Like they found a really good balance, and I know if it's like team dynamic or just they got a couple of results and it's just going well. But like I don't know for placing Turbo with 
I guess it's a better problem to have than the difference with Rogue and Kronovi, because Rogue was still trying to kind of reach the top, right? Mm. While at least with Turbo, you've established that you can win tournaments. So it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, Rogue was uh, left a lot to be desired when Kronovi and stuff was there, unfortunately. So it was one of those of like they're putting the same product out there and stuff and not getting any of the results, where at least in Envy's case, they're putting the product out there and they've, you know, they've been a top pretty much three teams since they've come into fruition. So it's just one of those um, mm-hmm. that at least in those cases, they have the results to back up where it's like, you know, you're not, you, you can sit there and I can make the claim at all that, you know, turbo is not good enough to play on that team. If they had somebody better, they'd be dominant like BDS is, but they've won. Like, it's not something like they're completely out of the loop like rogue was. So it was just, it, you know, it's, it's one of those it's like, being really mm. picky and, um, splitting hairs and stuff on those simple things. And I think you also have to be really careful that, like, if they can continue to be like a top four team, right? Um, I think, or top two, especially if they're still a top two team regularly, right? It gets really hard to replace a player that is there because if you break mm-hmm. up that dynamic, you can really break up the team if it doesn't work well with whoever the new player is. So that becomes a struggle, I guess, for that particular mm-hmm. team. Uh, okay. Um, can I just say? Okay, you say the last thing, and then we have to go for the results, which honestly, we're oh, also don't crazy. Worry. We're so. good. What I was going to say is top four team. <laughs> Imagine thinking there's a top four team in NA. Oh, no I shot. see. I see. I see what you do there. Um, Pretty much I mean, NR- yeah. NRG has been the only one that has like significantly solidified consistently that they are top four. They it's literally had like one slip up pretty much. You um, mean this major where they got fifth? Because they're garbage. <laughs> okay, so they got fifth, and I'm going to balance that out with all the f- different other first top and seconds and stuff that they've got. Not top four like, in the most NRG, recent major. <laughs> NRG got fifth. Team Manu got fifth. G2 Esports got fifth, and Rogue got fifth. G2 got fourth. But guess fourth. what? Guess what's the one team that didn't give the the semifinalists any mm-hmm. any um any trouble? Mm-hmm. All right, any difficult? Any best of seven full games? Mm-hmm. NRG was that one. All right. Okay. Let's let's talk about this. Okay. First of all, um, this might have been the th- some of the best quarterfinals that we've had. Three games that went to seven. Um, mm-hmm. V one versus G two. Oh my goodness, that was such a fun match. Uh, the new Phase Clan almost making it through the semis, uh, but Rogue beating them. Um, Kansas City and Sonics going over Team Envy NRG. Uh, I don't know what happened there, uh, but. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Um, I was really hyped, though. I actually was cheering for V1. Um, (laughs) Because it's it's so funny because I look at all these teams and I'm like, of all the teams G2 would beat, they would beat V1. I know. It's kind of funny. I love V1, right? But if there's a team that, like, can have an off or is the least consistent of all these quarterfinal top eight teams, it would be V1. That being said, I'm think I think V1 is pretty happy with a, a quarterfinals result, honestly. Yeah, I would not be sad about it if I was them. Whatsoever. I, I think this might actually be their best result, right? Not um, their best, but it's... Actually, is it their best? No, it's not their best. It, they might have had some lower bracket, like, seventh. <laughs> Dude, imagine if, like, Torment and Gimmick had an amazing player on their team, like Squishy or something, how good that team would be. <laughs> Just imagine. Just imagine. Imagine. That's that's the kind of team that like a major org would pick up for sure. 
I mean, that was the whole thing. It's like as soon as as soon as Squishy left, they uh, they kind of. I think that's why Cloud Nine kind of disappeared. Um. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about, talk about Sonics. How did Sonics beat Energy? Does anyone know? Um. Honestly, Sonics were playing really well. That's it. Like Sonics were playing very well. It it might have been a little Here's bit. Here's my theory. Up, but Sonics were popping off. Here's my theory. Okay, you ready for it? You ready for it? All right. Energy. Okay. Get to knock out Gauntlet. They lose 3-0 to Rogue, and they don't feel so good about it, okay? All right. And then in loser's round one, Charlotte Phoenix beats 72 PC, okay? Meaning that the karma curse is intact, okay? <laughs> and then as we move on to the loser's quarters, when Energy beats Charlotte Phoenix, the karma curse stays with them. Also, they probably beat one of the weaker teams in the tournament, 3-0. Um, and then when they face up against Sonics, they're expecting a team like Charlotte Phoenix, all right? Which obviously without Karma is, uh, who's Charlotte Phoenix? Um, so here you have Sonics, all right? This team that Energy does not expect to play, you know, severely well, even though if they look at the fact that they beat Face Clan, it's pretty good. Just dumpster them, man. <laughs> that's, that's, it's a curse. <laughs> and it's also, uh, I think if you look at the team Energy played the game before, I think they might have not been. I don't know if ready is the right word, but like we got a Sonics team that's going off of being face clan, right? And one of one of the like biggest hype teams in this tournament. Uh, and I think they just kept that momentum going and energy really didn't have any any kind of big, big kind of swing in their favor. And honestly, they could just have an off day. That's it's entirely possible. <laughs> uh, I honestly think that Sonics yeah. just really showed up. Like they were and then what happened? So like well. then they lose four nothing to, to 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 Kansas City. So I'm just like, uh, what do I? But Kansas City was also playing amazing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Kansas City was playing amazing, but then we get to semis and finals, and I could like, I could already predict this, right? If I'm Rogue was boring also predictor, <laughs> if I'm playing boring predictor number one, right? This like from semis, I'm like, okay, well I can already tell you what the finals and the winner is. Um, yeah, yes. let's. Well, honestly, Kansas City. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure about KCP Sonics, um, to be honest. Like, it was, I think it was a lot closer than the scoreline um, shows in terms of how it was playing. And we do have to keep in mind that there was a lot of change-ups in terms of rosters, especially on the teams that made uh, made it to the top. Um, oh, okay. Coming what, what into the stages. Also, just for anybody that is wondering, um, for, for the previous thing, 72PC got... Uh, the top 12 in fall regional one and V one got top eight in winter regional two. So Mm, cool. Yeah. Those are their, both their best showings and they tied in this, I think. So, so I like, I feel like rogue beating phase clan was their most difficult task. After that, I kind of felt like it was smooth sailing. I was not very surprised um, because the only teams that we've seen rogue, get beaten by our energy and envy both the teams not not that were not there so um not to say that they would in this particular tournament be able to beat them but uh those are at least historically i think the teams that have beaten rogue um so yeah i think they had a great win over face Clan. and then g2 which i mean if there's a way to get a send-off is another semifinals g2 like a, a crazy result but i was laughing the whole time when this happened i'm like so like does rizzo just like not retire now <laughs> because <laughs> like part of me is like 
you know, there, there might be a certain point where you're like, why don't we just run the rest of the split out? You know, <laughs> like, okay, maybe he won't play grid, but like, if they're not doing as well, just just keep keep Rizzo in there for the for the last little bit. I don't know. Um, there's something about the fact that I think that because he said he was retiring, that they played with a lot of ease, and I think that helped them a lot. I do uh, think because there helps. was no pressure. There's mm-hmm. no pressure to refer results, and I think, I think having, you know, I I think Rizzo's done, but like, I think there could be an argument to be made to be like just keep him in till the end of end of uh, RLCSX. Um, mm. it, and I just, think it just could be made, but I don't results think they're going to do it. <laughs> No, no, I don't think so. I think I think they realize they need to transition. It's just a little odd that they're transitioning before. I guess I guess the argument is well, they really he's need to find finish a, this season, not just the split, but he's going to finish this season uh, unless they find a quality replacement. Yeah, but I think I think there was a lot of chatter on Twitter that he. I think he pretty much said that he was. We'll see. Like, give it two. Yeah, weeks. we'll 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 give it two weeks. But it's also like. I think Rizzo might know himself. It's like, I'm not going <laughs> to, am I going to do better than this? You know, than a semis finish. Like if he sticks around and then just get like losers quarters out two tournaments in a row. <laughs> He's like, why did I, why did I keep on? You know, there might be some of that. Okay. Um, yeah. We'll talk about more than the next month's esports esports show. Some, some mm-hmm. of the uh, teams, I don't want to overly uh, go in it now. Now it's, now we're competing. We're competing with our own show. Um, <laughs> No, I'm it's okay good. It. It's good. I, I think it's. I mean, I also think this is this. These results here are the first time in a while that we've had something a little different. So I'm really mm-hmm. happy with it. Um, Go watch. We'll this see thing. if Sonic's. This was genuinely hmm? my favorite. Uh, I guess day three. Let's say, so far. Well, and yes, oh. but the viewership did not reflect that, <laughs> which is so sad because this was like actually my favorite. This was such a. I good think if Phase made it to the finals, the 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 viewership would reflect it. Rizzo's gonna stick around because top six when stuff will go to the worlds right from each region from, yeah. uh, and there and G two is currently in sixth, so you're not yeah. gonna tell me he's not gonna go to worlds. That's the... I think G. I think Rizzo will step down if they find a replacement that he feels is better than he is. But clearly, the sub, whoever it is, just it doesn't seem to work. I think that's why they're kind of trying the sub and grid and seeing how that goes. Where? Oh my gosh! I didn't realize just how close. Uh, one one small thing for that top six. Um, I think one good showing from KCP could put them up to two points to knock G2 out and put FaZe Clan within very close between getting Unless G2 is a better showing than FaZe Clan. It's the that final final two spots is straight up a toss up right now yeah, because it's within between 5 and 7 it's pretty uh pretty tight in there. It's within 100 points which is not many at all. <laughs> at all. See like yeah, I think even Rizzo's teammates if they feel they can do better with Rizzo than with their sub there may be an argument that in respect to them, he sticks around till the end of the... Yeah, like, honestly, um, just to see... To make sure that they can hold that sixth The world, so. Yeah. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. I think one we'll here, unless Relentless and Wabas, you have anything more to say? I'm good. Uh, I did put in there, um, and this will make us go longer, but uh, I did put in there the Scrub Killer Twitter post, um, pretty much of him saying, you know, making a statement about all the people that are 
still like in high school and, and all that kind of stuff and mm. psionics not making adjustments to the schedule to accommodate. Um, I'm sorry. I, I actually I'm I'm with him on this one. I'm not. No, no, I'm 100 percent with him on like, that one. I'm sorry. It's like finish your high school. <laughs> sorry. You can keep practicing for two years and finish your high school. But uh, this is a full time job. So yep. learn responsibilities. 16 year olds. Anyway. Oh, no, there, there's 100% real money involved with this kind of stuff. And for some people, yeah, no, it is 100% their job. So it's one of those of um, definitely I'm on board with like Sionic should not sit there and, you know, because how are you going to cater to everybody? You're definitely not going to be able to cater to every individual person and their school needs and that kind of stuff. So it just becomes. Um, I Well, I mean, some of the like, you know, speaking of people with responsibilities, if you want pros to keep playing this game, like you're going to have to get to a point where, um, you know, I think we're going to have to have a lot more things happen during regular work hours. Like maybe it's not a problem now. Right. But like five years down the line, 10 years down the line, it's like, there's going to be people who are like 22, right? 23. And they're like, yeah, so I get to not go out in the evenings. And I just, I just, you know what I mean? Like the the one time for me to social, it's like no now now you have to play. I mean that that can also be in a, be a complaint, but I, I think there is something to the fact that uh, I think if this is your full time work, you just adjust to the schedule and you mm-hmm. stop complaining. You, you you accept the fact that you get to play video games for a living, <laughs> and you uh, and especially if you're making a lot of money, and you just uh, shut up and enjoy it. <laughs> Any, any other takes or was that spicy enough for you, Relos? Nah, it's it's all right. <laughs> Relos like uh, six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Wabs, uh, Wabs coming at me uh, on, on this show is is what I need from you, Lazier. I need that kind of energy where it's just not. Look, man, you spent a lot of time riding the fence on this one, where you're like, "Well, here's where I like what Relos <laughs> says, but here's where I like what Wabs says." I I need you. Take to, a stance. You know, <laughs> take a stance and really stop flip flopping, right? Like I think that I mean this is actually okay. Let me you want me to take my stance, okay? Uh I believe conflict resolution is not flip flopping, and people who keep saying stop flip flopping are the worst, okay? <laughs> because they make a false dichotomy in these situations and hey, it's a totally them. true false dichotomy, so there you go. and you can't convince me otherwise. Conflict re- resolution. You're you're are you our HR manager? Like, how is this working here, Lazira? What? <laughs> where is my employment contract? It says I need conflict you resolution. You don't get any, okay? You have none. <laughs> With wabbits. I thought. I, to, to be to be fair, I, I I think I think our discussion was great today. But if if we get to a point where we, what was that one show? There was one show where I was like, I spent all my days, okay, <laughs> with thirty kids, getting into fights. Arguing with each other. And here's relentless rabbits, <laughs> all right? On the podcast I'm supposed to enjoy in the evening, okay? Squabbling like babies. Jeez. <laughs> hey, we should be allowed to yell at each other when we when we want to. I only, no, no, get, to, I I only get to talk to Wabs once a week. And I need to go <laughs> through the entire range of emotions to get it out of your Like it's I can't sit there and just be like well, let me hold it in and agree with him all this week, but next week he's going to get it. Like, no, it doesn't work <laughs> that way. I need to be able to express myself. And you can't tell me to not be who I am, Lazero. That's in my contract. Um, 
So yeah, I, I'm I'm talking to Face Clan right now, and they're saying that if Relentless behaves like himself, uh, they won't they won't give <laughs> Imagine us. Imagine so. you actually talking to Face <laughs> Clan. Although you do have the capital Z in Lazero, so you would fit in Face Clan. That's true. Like Faze I just Lazero, so edgy. I just need you to do like some work. But when you're talking yeah. to them, don't flip flop on the negotiation. Stand strong. <laughs> That's how all my negotiations <laughs> fail. <laughs> I, I only accept ten thousand uh, dollars a month for myself and one dollar for Wabbits and one dollar for Relentless. Hey, if I they get any more money, as long as okay, I get the it's a phase, no deal. As long as I get the phase in my Twitter handle, I only need one dollar from this podcast. Hey, that's true. Relentless got his side hustle working working out well with the. Uh, the yeah, because uh, then the I'll be the official caster right. for Phase, and that hey. comes with subscribers. That's true. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Relentless is definitely going to lap us, right? He he he's putting in that twelve hour grind, right? We may be younger, but Relentless is <laughs> more experienced. I've got a resume. No, no, no. He's putting in the grind. He's putting in the hours. That's why he's not going to fade, you know. Uh, and he and he does have that experience. Okay, um, yo, we're here. We had another show. This is the second week in a row. I think we went like almost an hour thirty. Um, I love the show. I hate you guys though. Specifically, I mean the two co-hosts that I thought are you were gonna do the patreon shout out after you said i hate you guys <laughs> um the people that i hate the most in the whole world <laughs> are not the patrons uh but they're actually the best they're they support us they help us out um they make sure that we keep doing the show and uh they make sure that relentless is you know has a has something to hold Relentless and wabbits actually consider the rob and kyle show that we have have something to hold over me so there True. you go um patrons thank you uh special shout outs to the roll call patrons of cursor jy's paint raz psych mopko tim chubarker and vance thank you so much um your homework for this week is to um aggressively flip-flop in all your arguments and tell people who think that there's only one side of an argument tell them that they're wrong okay and that uh aggressively to both sides you yell both of them okay and you don't stop yelling all right till they stop talking okay uh that's no no well i'm only partly kidding uh, <laughs> have a good one have a great week i'll see you next time Bye-bye. bye bye